0: You can find it on my website at one rental at a time.com. Now on with the show.
1: <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that audio. So, hey, here we are again. We're doing a weekly wrap up. This one's a little late. Um, life happens. I had some personal things going on. Um, but it's always great to be with you, Michael. How are you today?
0: I'm doing well, Ty. Uh, yeah, I always look forward to doing this. And yeah, we will make this like it. We'll pretend it's Friday for a moment, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's interesting, too. I think it is important. And I think for continuity, why are we doing this today? It's a little late. Why not just skip? But I think it's important for continuity that, you know, our whole process on the Friday wrap up is to really summarize week by week what the market's doing, where are the changes, where are the opportunities, and also, too, what are the caution signs, right? Would you agree, Michael?
0: Oh, totally. I, th- I think you know one of the things that, that I see doing the daily financial news now for more than 800 days is sometimes you get lost in the, the little days. And, and having this weekly wrap up with you really allows me to elevate and go, what, is the, what are the top four, maybe five things of the week? Uh, so I look forward to these conversations. It really does help me crystallize what, what, what I just saw. So I, I appreciate you.
1: I love it, man. So thank you for taking the time. Let's talk about last week. Cryptocurrency, we've touched on it a little bit as a hedge. The crypto crash, let's talk about it.
0: Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things that when, you know, if we re- rewind the clock to Friday, um, the crypto crash occurred kind of, you know, Wednesday evening, Thursday, and it was pretty painful. Uh, I think we saw 831,000 crypto accounts go to zero. They got margin called. They got, they got closed. As I recall, the largest account was worth $63 million that was levered up and got taken to zero. Imagine that day. Imagine waking up thinking you went to bed $63 million bucks, and you got margin called. I mean, that's what happens when an asset that fluctuates 30% in a day uh, if you're on margin, you're not an investor, you're gambling. Uh, don't do it. These these talking heads, these socialites or social media folks that are telling you to lever up 10 to 1, 20 to 1, 100 to 1, they're going to lead you to financial ruin. And Thursday exposed a lot of people. The other thing that's going to happen is, is we have too many coins with no use case and all pump and dump, and they're going to go to zero. I think crypto is here to stay. I think they're uh, the digital currency is here. I think there will be a couple of winners and lots and lots of losers. And the crypto crash this week reminded a lot of new people that uh, this is a very highly speculative asset, and it's not going to go to the moon. Most of them are going to go to zero.
1: Wow. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's um, it's interesting that you know I've also kind of dabbled with crypto more. Again, based on conversations with you more as a hedge of, you know what, have a little bit of it just in case if something happens or the thing blows up the other way. Um, It's also interesting too. And and I want to just ask you this is that when I look at it, I really look at like the big two or three, which is you've got Bitcoin, you got Ethereum and then maybe Litecoin or Bitcoin Cash. It's hard to say. Um, Yeah. And then you have all these other new ones. And I see, I get messages and friends of mine talking about all this other stuff. And to me, it's like they're talking a foreign language. Um, What are your thoughts on just crypto in general, just so that people really understand where you're at?
0: I I couldn't agree more, right? I moved 1% of my net worth. It's now sitting in two coins. Actually, sitting in three coins. Uh, Bitcoin, uh, which is where I started. I added Ethereum once I really understood that it's kind of, I, I look at Bitcoin being gold. I look at Ethereum being oil, right? Because it's kind of the backbone. It has a use case, smart contracts, all of that. And then I did pick up some ADA, um, which is Cardone, Cardona, uh, just as a total speculative play. But that's yeah. it. You, you talk to me about any other coin, I'm going to block you. I mean, it's just, it's not worth my time. Crypto to me is an insurance hedge. It will never be more than 1% of my portfolio. Uh, I don't care about the daily movements. I would never, ever go on margin. I own the damn things. And um, I don't even look every day unless it has a big move and it kind of hits the top of my radar in my daily news. I don't even look. Uh, So if it goes up 30%, don't know. If it goes down 30%, don't know. Uh, yeah, Yeah, folks, just realize that more than 50% of these coins and a lot of these new ones are going to go to zero. They're, they have no use case other than hype and that doesn't last forever.
1: Yeah, and, and I would say too that you know buying on high leverage margin, all of that, I mean, whether even if it's cryptocurrency stocks, we saw that with GameStop, um, you could see that with stock options. I hear people talking about it. And that, I mean, you really are gambling. At least when you go to Vegas, you have a, you know, you have a couple of free drinks and you have some yeah. fun with it. Right. If you're going to yeah. gamble, gamble. Right. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, we can even relate it to real estate. Some of the most spectacular blowups I saw in the last crisis were people that were clearly betting on appreciation. They didn't care about having negative cash flow because I'm going to make it up with appreciation. Uh, there were many people worth millions of dollars documented millions of dollars that were very quickly brought to their knees and went bankrupt like literally bankruptcy because they were betting on appreciation if you're betting on real estate and your only hope is appreciation it's not going to end well it will eventually catch you buy for cash flow hold forever 30-year debt don't I mean the reason you can survive a, a downturn in real estate if you have thirty-year debt and cash flow is you don't care what it's worth. The bank can't call the loan; it doesn't matter.
1: Spot on, I love it. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about inventory and the home builders. What was there was some news about the home builders in the yeah. last week. Yeah,
0: so so home builders uh, they've gone on strike. It, it's really interesting. So they brought out housing starts. I think it was Tuesday, maybe Monday of last week, they were down like 13% single family homes. And what's even more scary is a lot of home builders now, what they're doing is they're laying the foundation, which is concrete, cement, all of that, and they're not building. They're actually not putting up the wood structure. And what, what you and I need to know is as soon as they lay the pad, it's counted as a start. But they're not taking the risk of lumber, right? Lumber is up, you know, three hundred percent or whatever. It's come down a little bit, right? It's had a couple of down days. But again, builders are smart. They don't want to take that risk, right? It takes them months to build a house, and they don't want to have they don't want to have all this lumber brought at inflated prices that just becomes less valuable as they build. So they're laying they're laying pads, what they call it, industry, and they're just waiting. Uh, so there's to be there, there's going to be a gap. And actually new construction, because we're going to have lots of pads built and no, no sticks. Uh, it's funny. Um, so yeah, builders are being smart, and, but, but unfortunately that means less inventory, less stuff to buy. And also the, the houses that are being built, builders are canceling contracts. They're putting in escalation clauses. They're saying you got to go up to $50,000 because of this or that. And if you don't want it, I'll sell it to someone else. So it's, it's crazy times to be a builder. And then then there's inventory of existing homes. It's just starting, right? I'm calling for 2 million homes in July. And I'm already hearing from across the country, oh, Michael, I saw this, I saw this. So it's just starting to percolate. It's not everywhere by any means, but it is happening. The move up buyer, the person that's been frozen in their home is starting to list. And when some listing comes out, more will come. So just watch your markets, do the work as I call it.
1: Study the market. Something Michael's been telling us for months and months and months and forever. Study your markets, look at your inventory daily, twice a day, in the morning, in the afternoon, really understand what your market's doing. So spot on, Michael. Thank you for that. Let's talk about um, the unemployment. It's interesting that um, I keep hearing restaurants, you know, uh, entry-level labor, people are having a hard time going getting their companies going again, getting their restaurants going because it's hard to find people. What's going on with the unemployment?
0: Yeah, a couple of things are going on in unemployment. Really the service sector, which is that fourth lane of our US economy that really got hit by the lat- this crisis. It's starting with fits and starts, right? Uh, I think it was two weeks ago, we talked about having a huge hiring miss, right? We were calling for a million. I was calling for a million five and we only got 200 grand, huge miss. A lot of people started blaming the federal uh Bonus uh, unemployment of three hundred dollars. So since that conversation, nineteen states it started with Montana, but now nineteen states deep are canceling the federal unemployment before it expires. Originally, it was supposed to expire at the end of September. Most of them are canceling it in June. So, like you know, starting next month, uh, and basically they're saying, "Hey, like Montana, they had they have three point two percent unemployment right now, right?" Mm-hmm. So they're like, dude, we're already full employed. We don't need this extra stuff. We need everybody and their brother to come back to work. Uh, so that's where it started. It's now 19 states, and we'll we'll see what happens. And yeah, there's a lot of a lot of restaurants that are now being forced to increase minimum or their minimum salary. Right? Chipotle just took it to $15. McDonald's followed suit. Others are going like Bank of America now is at 25 bucks. A lot of people are having trouble filling entry level jobs. And what that means is the worker, the employee has more power than they've ever had. If you have an entry-level job right now and you've been on the job six months, I promise you, if you wanted to go get an entry-level job somewhere else, you could give yourself a raise. You have the power now. Uh, But that unfortunately will mean eventually inflation because labor is a huge cost for the service sector will lead to uh, price increases. But let's not worry about that right now. Right now, we have wage inflation. We have an economy that wants to get going. And um, yeah, this is just how how it all starts. It's just, it's not smooth. It's kind of fits and starts.
1: Yeah, very interesting too. I was talking with uh, some family this last week and talking about the ports, you know, and this is something we talked about before, maybe a month or two ago, but that there's all these ships that are setting outside of here in the San Francisco Bay or outside of Long Beach on the coast here that they don't have enough labor to actually unload the ships. And so um, definitely I can see that we definitely got to get the employment going and get people back to work sooner, faster. Would That's the essence of it. Yeah, Michael. Oh
0: yeah. We, yeah. And I think it's happening And the fastest way to get people back to work, pay them more. And that's what's happening.
1: Got it. Got it. So, you know, let's wrap up and talk about the Fed. Let's talk about interest rates. Let's talk about inflation. Um, you've been calling it, you've been calling it and it's been happening. I love the way that you have your eye on it. You, you have your finger on the pulse. What's going on with the Fed and what can we expect and what, what's kind of the anticipation of interest rates?
0: Yeah. So, you know, you got to watch the Fed because one of the things they don't want to do is surprise the market. So what they're going to do is they're going to send out little smoke signals. And they're going to watch how the market reacts. So one of the things that you saw last week, might have been the week before, is Janet Yellen, who's not in the Fed, but she's the Treasury Secretary, said, "Hey, inflation's real," and that what happened. The market rolled over, right? Um, so then she was forced to call it back, and you know, just all this political theater. But that was a test, and the market didn't like it. So now what you have is Jerome Powell and his tribe of Federal Reserve uh, leaders going, "Hey." Man, CPI hot, PPI hot. Uh, they got the PC and PCE inflator, which is their big thing next week, this Friday. And you know, we, we've got to start paying attention because maybe this thing's not transitory. So we we have to watch right now the 10-year notes kind of resting about 1.63, 1.65. Uh, you know, if it gets higher than 1.75, it'll get our attention. The Fed's gonna do everything, in my opinion, to keep that low as long as possible. The question really becomes, when do they start talking about reducing their bond purchases? Because that's where this all starts. They have to reduce their $100 billion or $200 billion in bond purchases first. Then they will raise rates. Then you know we will see what happens. But we've got to watch it because they're going to start doing that. I think it impacts the bond market immediately, the stock market shortly thereafter. And then what happens to the real estate market? Because As rates rise and values rise, the affordability is impacted and less people can qualify. So, you know, eventually that's going to rise to a point where people can't get a yes answer from a bank and then inventory stacks up for a time and then, you know, prices have to reduce because people buy on payments and we have may may have seen a 20-year low in interest rates and, you know, if interest rates double, less people can qualify. So we've got to pay attention.
1: Absolutely. Well, you heard it here. Obviously, we've got to pay attention to interest rates, a lot going on. And again, I've said this many, many times. If you're, you, you start following Michael's daily financial news, it's the best of the best. It's on his YouTube channel. You can find him at One Rental at a Time. You can find him on Facebook. He's on Instagram. Depending on how you, He's on YouTube, depending on how you like to digest your content. Also, the book, So a lot of you have the book, please give him a review. Please buy the book on Amazon. Really do yourself a favor. This is right here, the holy grail of investing. So why? Because it's simple. One rental at a time. You get to four, you get to eight. Now you can 1031 exchange and, and really position yourself and really create that wealth so that you can get out of the rat race. So Michael, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Ty. Enjoyed it.